traffic trends. Operation crash reduction is one way to address this number of deaths and decrease it this year. WPTF AccuWeather forecast cloudy today and a high of 64. I'm Steve O'Brien in the WPTF News Center. October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Scott Brigham for Advanced Body Scan of Raleigh. According to the American Cancer Society, many women who are diagnosed with breast cancer have no symptoms prior to their diagnosis. That's why early screening is vital. Call Advanced Body Scan of Raleigh today for a couple's heart and lung scan for just $149, a savings of more than $2,500 per couple. In addition to breast cancer, women are at risk for lung, ovarian, uterine, and colorectal cancers. Full body scans at Advanced Body Scan of Raleigh can detect these cancers. The heart is the strongest muscle in your body, but that doesn't mean it isn't vulnerable to impacts from smoking, an unhealthy diet, and yes, stress. And let's face it, the last year and a half has been stressful for a lot of us. So now is the perfect time to reset and reach out to Advanced Body Scan of Raleigh. Call Advanced Body Scan of Raleigh today and learn about the health benefits of a couple's heart and lung scan for just $149, a savings of more than $2,500 per couple. Go online to abs.health. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. You can get better, stay healthy, and spot medical misinformation by listening to this radio show Every single week. We're glad you're listening to today's show. You know, you can listen on Mondays and you, Tuesdays. Yeah, we're on Apple Podcasts. Two ways, Apple Podcasts. But also, you can go to WPTF.com mm -hmm. and search for um, the show. Right. And you can listen to every show. And you can go to hearthealthradio.com, which for some people is a easier link. Yeah. And you just click, and then yeah. you're there. we got a lot of things on today's show, but, of course, your phone calls will always come first. Essential part of the show, your call. People who eat meat are less anxious. <laughs> I, I had know some why. bacon this morning just to get ready for the show. <laughs> so here's the, medical science is proving something, and I know why, and the doctor doesn't know why. I mean, literally... I know why that's true. No, and well, it's, got nothing, it's got you're nothing gonna, to do yeah. with science. Is it chicken or the egg? Is it meat or the it's relaxation? Exactly right. Is right. it relaxation or the meat? China has come out with, well, it's not like they invented it, but there have been more cases of something called H5N6 bird flu. Now, if this happens to be eight miles from the H5N6 bird flu clinic... Uh, or yeah. research facility, clearly, I'm not going to believe it's true. Uh, also, brain stimulation can treat depression. It's This, I think, is one of the most important stories of the year. I'm and, serious, because depression is such a big problem. Right. And this is, I'm going to say, almost a miracle. And this is among people who were ordinarily not treatable or, or if they're treatable, 
it's not complete. In other words, yeah, you get out of your funk, you don't want to kill yourself anymore, right. but you're not happy. Right. And these guys at Stanford, and I'll tell you, Stanford's a great place. And these guys at Stanford have come up with, I think, something that's going to be revolutionary in the mental health field. We'll jump into that, but I want to deal with the story that we ended with last week and we never got to properly. Mother of three takes a DNA test, and it's for insurance purposes, that she had to prove that she was actually the mom. And she wasn't, according to the standards of the of the you know the law, she the DNA didn't match. How is that even possible? Okay, so people don't realize, I think, and I before I saw this article, I didn't really realize that when you are in the womb, mm-hmm. a lot of times there's another baby in there, but mm. the problem is the baby doesn't survive. So there are multiple instances where there are twins or triplets and two of the embryos don't make it and you make it. And then extremely rarely, okay, the twin is absorbed into your body. Now, this all happens before anybody knows you're a twin or a triplet. Well, yeah, it's not like sharks. Okay, sharks have twins. You know why they only born one? Yeah. One eats the other one. Yeah, that's Okay, and that's not what's happened. Well, wait a minute. I mean, in a sense, because what happened to this lady was that her twin, Mm. that normally would have just decomposed because it wasn't right, got absorbed into her body. So this woman... The meat of her, the bones of her, okay? Yes. Is her. Yeah. But her blood? Yeah. Is her twin sister. No joke. So when No they, joke. So, so when they So took when her they blood, tested the DNA. Right. They did it with blood? Blood. Right. They got her sister. Oh. And so her sister's not the mother of her kids. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Now there's also a situation where the cells merge at an early period and they're basically uh, half the sister or brother and half them all over. And the most amazing thing is you can take a black light and shine it on their back. Oh, no. And there are stripes like tigers of your brother and you or your sister and you. Okay, now this... This is along the lines of where I think people are making things up just to get on the show. It's not made up. It's true. And so I, it, it's the amazing thing about life. Yeah. And it's not always what you think. And how rare is this? Extremely rare. Yeah. But you use these examples to show how accurate testing of genetics can be. And I think the most amazing thing, you know what they did? What? They took a biopsy of her muscle. Sure. Okay? Yeah. And that was her kid's mom. So the blood was her sister, and the rest of her body was her. Unbelievable. It is just fantastic. And I, have, you, have you done 23andMe? No. You know what that is? You yeah, know, Ancestry.com? Yeah. So I sent it in. Okay? I swabbed my cheek, uh-huh. put it in the tube, and sent it in. And I lied. Okay? I'm, I'm going to admit it right now. Yes. I lied. You did. I told him I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what my genetic background was. Uh, I said I'm an orphan. Orphan. 
And so I wanted to see, you know, yeah, right, Chinese and Norwegian, you're going to get that. I, I really believe you. <laughs> so it comes back. Okay. Yeah. Not only half Norwegian, half Chinese, down yes. the middle. Yes. But they knew my dad's family was from a town outside Oslo. Really? And they knew my mom came from Shanghai. I, I kid you not, they got it right. Wow. 100% right. But th- you know what the most amazing thing was? What's that? 1.8% Native American. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more Native American than Elizabeth Warren. She was 1.6%. <laughs> now, why is that? Well, you don't have to be very Native American okay. to be more than she right. was. But why is that? Uh, Come on, you don't know your history? No, I do know. Okay, where did the inhabitants of North and South America come from? They walked right over the Bering Strait. From? From Asia. China. From China. Specifically, specifically across the Pacific. Yes, they did. From China. Yeah. So, and the funny thing is, because I'm half Chinese, half white, people guess. They think I'm Polynesian. Yeah. They think I'm Hawaiian. Yeah. But when I was a kid, they all thought I was Native American. So you know what my nickname was in high school? I, I do. Tonto. <laughs> I loved it. But anyway, so genetic testing is fascinating. And right. then there's another thing happening. What's that? Okay, so 23andMe, <laughs> it tells you who your relatives are. I've got thousands of cousins in really? China I never knew about. Really? And I have emailed them, and we've talked. It's fantastic. I've got cousins in Norway. Yes. In fact, there's a guy named Weefald in Norway who looks just like me. Really? Yeah, and you know what he does for a living? He's, He's a, a professional base jumper. You know what that is? He jumps off of buildings um, with a bungee cord. <laughs> and apparently that's a sport in Norway, okay? But the reason why he looks like me is that he's half Laplander, half Norwegian. Right. And you know, uh, people don't know this, that the Norskis, 10,000 years ago, pushed out the native Norwegians and pushed them up toward the uh, North Pole. Okay. And they were from Central Asia originally. So the world is a fascinating place. Are we ever going to talk about medicine today? This is medicine. This is genetics. (laughs) This is where we come from. And I think it's just fascinating. I think everybody should do it. But here's the one thing. A friend of mine wouldn't do it. No, no. He said, you know what? Number one, the government will track you down. That's right. That is not true. The second thing, he said, what if my cousin... Yeah, right. He's a murderer. Yes. And they trace his DNA back to me. Right. You know, and so they can prove he's the murderer. I said, yeah. And I said, if your cousin's a murderer, don't you want him to get caught? You do. Yeah. You do. I mean, I got a lot of dodgy cousins. That that would keep me away from them. (laughs) Yeah. I think my cousins don't want want anybody to know that I'm really their cousin. (laughs) So, So brain stimulation. Yeah. Can... Treat depression. Let me tell you what What happened. What is brain stimulation? Okay, so the MRI. What is an MRI? You know? Magnetic resonant imaging. Yeah. How does it work? So the magnet takes over your whole physics. You know, we are chemicals. Sure. We are atoms. Sodium, cesium. There's some cesium in us. And so when the magnet goes on, it's very powerful magnet. I mean... I, have, I saw a video on YouTube of accidents in the MRI room. Yes. <laughs> Never bring an oxygen tank into the MRI no, room. No, no, It's no. solid iron, right? It's yeah. magnetic. So they turned on the magnet. That thing flew 
a, it's you know a, they're they're heavy 20 30 pounds yeah. flew across the room and slammed into the magnet as quickly as you could say Casper the friendly ghost. Oh my gosh. So we have chemicals in our body that react to magnets. So the way it works is that the atoms in your brain or your you know lung whatever you're imaging line up in one direction with the magnet because they are magnetic. Yeah. So they all line up in one direction and magnets on. Have you ever yeah. heard the thing? Yeah. Bom, 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 I bom. have heard it. Yes. Super cooled all this stuff, and then they turn the magnet off. Boop. And this and this uh, nuclei start going back to their same position, but they let off an electron, and the pattern of the electrons coming out of your brain yes. are imaged on the detector, okay. and then the computer says that this is how the electrons look coming out. This is what it must have been like on the inside. But what does this mean? It means that. The magnet affects your brain. It changes the chemistry of your brain ever so quickly, yeah. ever so slightly. So there were some people who were really depressed, and they wound up getting MRI scan. Right. And some of them came out and said, I feel better. Yeah. I'm not depressed. And they didn't believe them. Right? Yeah, Called sure. the placebo, the placebo effect. Yeah. Well, some guys at Stanford said, wait a minute, what if this is real? Okay. So they have these handheld magnets that emit the kind of magnetism that an MRI does. So what they do is they take an MRI and they, they try to figure out where this part of your brain is and they slap this sucker on your head and they give you an amazing jolt of magnetism. Yeah. And they did 29 patients. You know, just it's called open label. So the patient knew what they were getting and the physician knew what they were getting. Right. And 28 of them came out really well. They had some people who were suicidal. They'd been depressed and suicidal since they were in high school. Of course, I got depressed and suicidal in high school when I got turned down for the prom. I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, that's the difference. Okay? Yeah. That is a joke because, you know, that's the difference between when you say you're depressed because you got turned down oh, for yeah, the prom yeah, 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 yeah. or when you have a biochemical problem with your brain that is not allowing the emotion of happiness and the suppression of these negative thoughts to occur. So they have decided, they decided, I'm sorry, already to do a double-blinded study. Mm -hmm. And so they took half the people who were depressed yeah. and they gave them the intense magnetic treatment. It's over five days. Yes. And then they gave half nothing. And they pretended. Okay, so they said... And they asked the people, do you think you got it or do you think you didn't get it? And half and half, they were right. And 28 of the 29 who got it in the study were markedly improved, and only five out of 30 in the sham group showed any improvement whatsoever. So the bottom line is, I think this is going to be revolutionary. And do so psychiatrists are going to be treaters, I think. Put them in the machine. Yeah. Shake Put in up the machine. The and it, but it's five cesium. days of intensive magnetism. Yeah. Now, they had started to do this with like six-week treatments of, you know, kind of a low-dose magnet. You know, when you were growing up, did you have that U-shaped magnet you yes. could pick yes. up a Tonka truck with? Yeah. They kind of hold that to the head. I'm kidding. But now these guys at Stanford had the cojones. Yeah. Let's give them a big dose. Big dose of magnetism. magnetism. Yeah. And it worked. So, Listen. People like me, if you're out there who have dealt with depression, who are on meds, if it gets worse or if you are bad off, listen, help is coming. And I think this is going to be FDA approved. 
talk to your psychiatrist because you could even get in a study now at places that are doing it. And we already know it's safe. Yeah. And because we've, we've been done having this. MRIs for years and years and years and right. years and years. We're going to pick up with Ray in Nashville coming up. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Listen to Heart Health Radio on Apple Podcasts or at hearthealthradio.com. Ray in Nashville. Welcome to the program. Hello. How y'all doing? We're doing all are, right. Are you at Dollywood right now? No, he's a right, different Nashville. I'm kidding. I he's in that. Nash County. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing real good. Doing real good. I, I just uh, I wanted to emphasize with my favorite doctor there that uh, I, I hate to hear him knock that DNA thing because my wife found my entire family on my dad's side, and I've never met him. I got a sister I'm constantly in touch with, which they all look like me. My grandpa looks just like me just like he was talking about that and i, I never would have found them and uh, no i i don't knock it at all i recommend everybody do it i, I knock honestly it. i knock it dave knocks it because no i love it i got a lot of dodgy cousins who probably don't want to be known well you know it's interesting there are all these people now who were born with artificial insemination sure their mothers were single moms or their dads and moms couldn't have a baby yeah they're now getting together as a chat group, initially, right. um, finding out about each other from um, uh, 23andMe, and some of the sperm donors now have been identified, well, and they're they're allowing themselves to be identified, and they're having reunions. This one guy had 120 kids, and yeah. they all got together, and they all loved each other. It was amazing. Yeah, I found out mine on a uh, um, while I was trying to do the ancestor things. I wanted to find my ancestors because my daughter was wanting to know about it so anyway uh mine came back i was 25 percent english which makes sense because my mom was english but then it came back that majority of me is native you know uh 37 percent and the rest are other things but anyway uh i found out my dad he's through my sister and everybody else now he's born on the potawatomi reservation and that's so awesome grandpa and everybody so that's the reason i've got so much native in me and all my life people are looking at me and say, i don't know what he is but he's something <laughs> <laughs> well you know something. i uh, there's an article that i saw that someone did not know their genetic destiny or yeah. um, a- ancestry found out they were 40 percent cherokee yeah and they got the money from the casino on that basis in other words if you're a certain right. uh, you can share in the largesse of the gambling casinos yeah but the other thing we haven't talked about is health. So you can get on 23andMe and, you know, the BRCA1 gene, the BRCA gene for breast cancer. They'll mm. tell you if you have that. Oh. Oh, yeah. And so I'm participating in a bunch of trials. I gave permission for them to use my DNA. And then I gave an extensive history, you know, medical history. Sure. And they're collecting all that information and trying to find out the genes responsible for some of these uh, things. So I think it's uh, I think it's well worth doing. I recommend everybody. And the government's not going to track you down on the basis of your DNA. There oh, is, the IRS tracked me down years ago. Oh, yeah. we're, we're one and one. So uh, what's, what's the gene <laughs> for not paying your taxes? <laughs> I, I think there probably is one, and I've got it. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But uh, that's fantastic. Wow. I'm really glad you found out. You know, that's and what's, what was great for me were all these Chinese people I 
and all these Norwegians. Yeah. You know, that I never knew. And, um, you know, when I go to China now, we're going to have a Wi-Fi reunion in <laughs> Shanghai, and I'm going to have to pay for it. But yes. luckily, it'll be dumplings. You know, we'll yeah, just 10% get... 10% Scottish, but I have no idea what to do with that one. Well, you knew, you knew how before, too, right? Somebody that one, they'll go, yeah, right. Yeah, well, that's because you like to wear kilts. You know, that was in your genes, <laughs> you know. But anyway, right, that's right. fascinating. Did you do, which one did you do, Ancestry or 23andMe? Uh, I did Ancestry. My, yeah. my goal was Ancestry complete, and it, it works really good because uh, those leaf things they advertise, that is a remarkable. I, mean, I, I got to see, you know, birth certificates and all this other stuff to verify everything. But yeah. that, see, we just wanted Ancestry. We, we wasn't really uh, thinking medical science because I've never met my father. And, you know, my, my daughter kept wanting to know, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think what, it's— what, what, uh, I, yeah. I don't have a grandpa. What was he like? Do you know? And I know I don't. I was just told that he was na uh, native. And I, so I, my goal was to, before I leave the earth, I wanted my daughter to know where. You know, I think that's great. From. I think it's fantastic what you did. But I, I, I you know, want to emphasize that there's going to be a lot, of com lot coming out about health and about the genes that are responsible. There was a, a movie star, I can't remember her name, who did 23andMe, and she came back with the, the genes for breast cancer, and she said, okay, I'm gonna go get examined, and she had it. And oh so my. she got bilateral mastectomies and um, took out all the breast tissue and then got implants and you know saved her life. You wow. Know, it's yeah, fantastic. we're uh, looking at uh, down the road here uh, doing exactly what you said, because. Uh, it has such good results. We're thinking about on our health thing, the same as you just talked about. So all the way around, we're we're pretty positive about the DNA structure. Thing. Yeah, I recommend it. Highly. Thank you, Ray. Thank I you, Ray. You Have a great day. All right, take care. Uh, people who eat meat are less anxious than vegans. Yeah, and and I know why. Tell me why. You ever meet a vegan? Yeah, they are the most brittle people in the whole world. They are the, so worried about the environment, so worried about everything. <laughs> They're just anxious. They're as just all anxious to begin with. Well, and I actually, yeah. I don't, is it really the meat that makes you less anxious? I think that's possible. Yeah. I mean, you know, I okay. Were we vegans originally? Yes. Okay. Yeah, we so, couldn't couldn't catch anything. Right. right. So, why did we evolve into the, you know, smart people that we are that you know develop culture and tools and everything it's because we started to eat meat and if you don't believe it mm. then don't believe it mm. the proteins are so essential and the fats are so essential to what brain growth and so what separated us from the chimpanzees and the bonobo you know we're 99 percent talking about dna 99 percent of our dna is an exact match to a chimpanzee yeah. It's that 1%. And it is associated with brain growth and brain right. development. And you can't do it without protein. Now, get this. Vegans can get enough protein. Right. But they got to do it the right way. They got to eat garbanzo be beans and yeah. soybeans and stuff like that there. Now, I want to tell you something that I saw the other day. It's going to make you laugh. Yeah. I was looking for some A1 steak sauce. Yeah. So I say the, this uh, <laughs> off-label steak sauce. Steak sauce, 100% vegan. <laughs> I mean, come on. You're going you're gonna to feel better eating 
a, a big hunk of porterhouse because your steak sauce is vegan? The steak sauce. All right, yeah. all right. We're going to pick up in, in just a moment with some interesting articles, one about leaky gut. Which I don't even believe exists, but doctor well, no, says it no, does. No, no, that's doctor the whole point. Doctor says it does. That's no, coming up I'm, next. I'm, I'm saying let's talk heart about it. Radio. Let's talk about it. Now back to heart health. Have a question for Dr. Weefald? Call 919-860-9783. This is Heart Health Radio. Both of us are sitting here with the headphones off. We're just leaned back. I had my feet up on the on yeah, the desk. I, and... I was drinking my Mountain Dew. <laughs> All right. So the subject is leaky gut syndrome. Let yeah. me give the telephone number here. 919-860-9783. Always call between noon and 2 on a Saturday, and Dr. Weefall will talk to you. Uh, leaky gut syndrome. I've had a lot of patients come to me and they say, Dr. Weefall, do I have leaky gut? And so then I ask them to take off their um, trousers and I check the back <laughs> of their underwear. No. And if it's discolored, yeah, you got some leaky gut. No, no. I'm kidding. It's supposedly, and this is alternative medicine people. Um, they're trying to sell you their supplements. Yeah. Make your gut not leaky. And, you know, I, it just is amazing. It, Maybe it's true, but it hasn't been studied. So what is the concept of leaky gut? The concept is all the poisons and toxins, instead of staying in your small intestine, yeah. leak into your bloodstream okay. and make you feel bad. Sure. Um, and so it has a theoretical basis. Um, you know, the small intestine has a purpose, and that is to absorb nutrients. Okay. Right. So if it's leaky, that is to say all the tight junctions between the cells aren't really strong, then maybe some of those toxins can leak out of your gut and into your bloodstream. So they try to sell you all this stuff, and I don't even remember what it is, to stop the leaky gut. Now, there are some science. It's not taught in medical school, by the way. If you go to Johns Hopkins okay. and... You go to the gastroenterology section, you won't hear anything about leaky gut, although it okay. is a woke concept. Uh, so, so, yeah. Okay. You know, and so it may start to be taught. But, you know, the alternative medicine thing, um, I embrace some of it, okay, because it's been proven. Uh, turmeric as an anti-inflammatory agent. It's not a cure-all. I mean, turmeric. You know, it's a spice. It's been it's been around since time immemorial. Right. But they studied it in chronic back pain, and it did have some effect. And for me in particular, I started taking turmeric, and I started taking purified fish oil, and I started taking ginger because my C-reactive protein, a measure of chronic inflammation in my body, was yeah. extremely high. Okay. Now, I'm a sugaraholic. Sugar in the morning, sugar in the evening, sugar at supper time. Yeah. Your dad ever sang that to you? No. My dad sang that all the time. <laughs> and I have not cut back on my sugar. I have not come back, cut back on my white flour. I've made a choice for me. Right. And yet, my C-reactive protein is less than 0.1. So it's gone from really high to immeasurably low. Without changing your diet, just Except adding something. adding something. Right. So I am not suggesting that you all go out there and start that stuff. 
Um, what's the thing on Fox News that you can buy that all the celebrities are selling now? The uh, um, oh gosh, I can't believe I can't remember this. It's a supplement for pain. Right. It works. Sebastian Gorka does the commercials. Yes, yes. It's um, if I could remember. Oh it. well, it, we'll think of it in a second. That's, it's it's on my shelf right next to the all. Well, that stuff right is turmeric and ginger. Yeah. And and uh, milk thistle. Yeah. Plus some oh resveratrol. We haven't talked about resveratrol. Yeah. I don't take resveratrol, but that's another one of it's made from grape skins. And that's another one of these natural compounds that has been studied in a scientific way, and it does lower inflammation. So I'm not touting all this stuff to tell you that it's gonna cure your diseases. No. I'm gonna tell you that it lowers the level of inflammation in your body, which has been shown to help your health. Okay, so why did some people in COVID, who got COVID, get so sick? Hmm. Their body produced an inflammatory response that messed up their breathing and their lungs and clots and brains. Inflammation is the number one word on this show if you want to talk about health. You can lower your inflammation by doing what I say that I don't do. And that's cut out sugar, cut out white flour, um, cut out white potatoes, cut out white rice, and go to whole grains. And the husk is really important. Now, people like, you got the husk, but inside you still got the endosperm. That's the white part of the white rice. Somehow, and I don't know the biochemistry, having the husk sort of um, cancels out the bad part of the white rice. Okay? The bad part of the rice. So anyway, just to tell you, I do embrace some of the, you know, holistic things, but I just don't know if leaky gut's real. And this, the thing that they're selling is polyphenols. Yes, phenols. I forgot. Polyphenols. I don't know. Um, I don't know if polyphenols can hurt you. That's the other theme of this show. Right. Is if you want to take a bunch of B vitamins, have at it because they can't hurt you. Okay. I mean, it'll make your uh, toilet bowl yellow because 99.9% of it is going to go out in in the pee-pee. But I don't know. Uh, But as long as things don't hurt you. Um, The thing I warn warn people about is buying all these Chinese herbs and stuff like that. Yeah. Because you don't know what's in them. Um, Number one, they're made in China, and there's no quality control. Zip. Right. Zero. A lot of these Chinese, um, um, what are they called, uh, generic drug manufacturers. I mean, it might as well be sawdust, paste. Right. Oh, yeah. They, they, this one Chinese company got um, levothyroxine on the market, which is an essential thing for people with low thyroid function. Okay. Uh, it's, a fa- it's a chemically induced thyroid hormone. And it was maybe 10%. Of what we sell in the United States, so 25 micrograms was really about two micrograms. So they got it in the United States market by selling it to a bunch of people in Romania, who then yeah, yeah. got it to a, Fran- a French um, company, who sold it in America as a generic levothyroxine. And I know this for a fact because I had a patient who was on uh, an American levothyroxine. Uh, called Synthroid, that was a brand name. Very good, uh, very 100% uh, safe and effective drug. And all of a sudden they felt tired, 
their hair started to fall out. They gained a lot of weight. Wow. And they were depressed. And so, you know, I'd heard of this, and we, sure enough, uh, the pharmacy had switched to a cheaper version, and they charged her the same amount of money. Of course. And it didn't work. It didn't I'm, work. I'm concerned. There are advertisements, long 30-minute advertisements, where they convince people through the course of that 30 minutes that not only are they ill, but their, their solution is just this thing. And they run the ad every week, and it's on a competing radio station, and I'm just disgusted by it because I just – the, the lie in the story is always, you know that people have taken this for a 1,000 years for yeah. something or other. Well, you know something? That doesn't mean it's effective. Right. There are going to be – okay, what, what is Chinese medicine? It's got mm-hmm. this aura. Yeah. Uh, have you ever watched the show Goliath on Amazon? I haven't. The last season, you know, he got shot, and he's depressed, and he's sick, and he's in San Francisco going to a Chinese doctor. Yeah. And the, yeah. Chi- the Chinese doctor has an in with a tea shop. So after he examines uh, <laughs> the guy, yeah. he writes Chinese characters on his wrist and his hand, and he's supposed to go into the tea shop, and the tea shop person goes, oh, you're getting the good stuff today. And mixes up something and he drinks it. Okay. Now, my mother, yeah, bless her heart and bless her soul, was a big believer in Chinese medicine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, over 10,000 years of civilization, trial and error, um, they might have come up with some good stuff. Sure. But it has to be studied. I'm sorry. It has it, to it be does. studied before I take it. Okay. Um, and there are, remember, some of our most effective drugs come from herbs mm-hmm. and tree bark. Mm-hmm. Okay, how did we get aspirin? Okay, it was believe it or not, the Native yeah. Americans used to chew on willow bark when they got headaches, mm-hmm. and so they said, "Well, there must be something to it." And salicylic acid is the main ingredient that, when you chew the bark of a bark chewing tree, right, <laughs> it makes your headache go away. Right, um, digoxin or digitalis. Uh, in the you know 1400s, 1300s in England, there's a lot of people with congestive heart failure by that. I mean, their hearts got weak and flabby, and they wouldn't pump, and the pressure would build up, and the legs would swell up. It was called dropsy, because it's like your body was dropping down into your feet. That's edema from congestive heart failure. Well, somebody said, you know, we got this foxglove, and my wife mixed it up with some other herb, and my dropsy went away. (laughs) And so they figured out that the foxglove, it's flower, I guess, a weed, and they ground it up, and they started using it. And then eventually, when science came along, and they and you know chemistry came along, they found out it was this medicine called digoxin. Now we don't use it as much anymore. I use it more than most because mm-hmm. uh, when you use it, you know, and don't do right with it, and you don't measure levels and stuff like that, it can be dangerous. Since I mean, yeah. James Bond, yeah, the last no, the first one of with Daniel Craig, yeah. uh, Casino Royale. That's how they tried to kill him. The the the, the enemy uh, was playing uh, poker with him, and his girlfriend <laughs> took his James Bond shaken, not stirred martini and poured some poison in it. And he goes out in his car and has to have defibrillation. The, now it's not real, real, but the poison was digoxin, right. digitalis, and it oh yeah, it'll kill you. 
Okay. But you have to, if you're going to be on digoxin, make sure your doctor checks your levels. Since we're already talking about Chinese medicine, yeah. uh, China has come out, well, they've announced that they've got several people with H5N6 bird, bird flu. flu. Should I worry about this, well, please? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Because, okay, how do they do that? H is one protein on the surface yeah. of the flu. And the N, I can remember that, it's called neuraminidase. I don't know what it does, but there are several classifications. So the worst one we got was in the 70s. And those of us who were alive then mm-hmm. remember Gerald Ford getting on TV and saying, get your flu shot, we're having a horrible flu. And okay. then those of us who were alive in 1918, which is not very yeah, many, will remember that it was H1N1 that oh, caused okay. the massive flu. So the H... 1 through 12, and the I'm just guessing the numbers, and the N, 1 through whatever, that every year the flu recombines. So you're going to get one strain one year that's H2N3. Okay. The next year is H1N1, and we're all going to die. Well, this year the H5N6 is pretty bad. Okay. Um, it's going to cause a pretty serious um, illness, and a lot of people are susceptible individuals. All I can tell you is last year we dodged the bullet. Remember they said, if you listen to the show, you remember, that we were really worried about a combo last winter of COVID and flu hitting us at the same time. Right. Well, it turns out we masked up, we washed our hands, we socially isolated, and we prevented the flu. I mean, I didn't have anybody last year, not a single person that I saw with influenza. This year, already two of my staff have gone. They were out for a week. The flu? Yeah. Influenza. They were influenza A positive. Now, there's A and B. They're both bad, okay? Um, Just remember there's different strains. But the one coming out of China now is H5N6, and our vaccine is not very effective against it. But what does it do? It keeps you from getting really sick. And... Remember Tamiflu and some others. If you get influenza, do not go to your doctor's office, okay? Do not. Do not. Yeah, because you're sitting in the waiting room and you'll get everybody else infected. Okay, all right. Call your doctor. You can go to a lab and get the test to confirm if you want to. But if you've got muscle aches, high fevers, dry cough, you got the flu. And if you broke through from your vaccine, ask your doctor whether you're a candidate for Tamiflu. It's a medicine that prevents the flu virus from replicating as much, and it'll lower your symptom complex. And so it's coming on. I don't know if it's going to be as bad as before, but I've, I've got my flu shot. Have you gotten yours? Yes. Okay. I Run. Get, Do I, not walk to your nearest pharmacy. You don't need a prescription. It's covered by your insurance. Right. Get your flu shot. I, I, and tell them Dr. Weefald sent you. I want to. T- <laughs> or Pat Summerall. Either Dr. Weefall or Pat Summerall. Okay. I have one question about this. I remember in the past there was a there was a different shot for senior folks. Yeah, it's just more powerful. It is. The higher should dose. I have asked for that? I got it. You did. Well, you know what the shock of my life was? What? I went skiing yeah. uh, about six years ago. <laughs> and? And the guy asked me. You want the senior rate. I said, how old do you think I am? Well, anyway, at some ski places, 55. 
yes. gives you the senior rate. Yes. And it was like 40% cheaper. Remember we did the show on a Friday night? I went I went down the road and had dinner, and I was there at 4 o'clock. And she only charged me $8. I'm like, this is great, terrific. What? Why was it only $8? So I gave you the senior um, early bird special. <laughs> so I qualified not only for senior, but the early bird. It was the oldest thing I've ever done. Phil in Raleigh. How you doing, Phil? Yes, I'm doing good. Thank good you. to hear from you. What's going on? Uh, this question's for the doctor. Sure. <laughs> I, I'm pretty certain that I have epididymitis. Okay. And that I know a lot about from personal experience. Go on. I've had I've had it before. I had it as a as a uh, a, a complication from high food several years ago, mm-hmm. and was prescribed some, some antibiotics. Mm-hmm. And the, the the problem now is it kind of comes and goes. When it comes, it's pretty bad, and then it just kind of goes away, and completely it seems. But um, I guess my question is. Should I go to my general practitioner or urologist? Okay. Recurrent epididymitis. Yeah, sure. Recurrent epididymitis is something that is very difficult for some individuals. Now, let's do some anatomy, okay? The scrotum is the sac that contains the male sexual organ called the, um, I don't know what you're going to call it, testicles. testicles. Yes. And then sitting on, I got to be very careful of what I say, because I think vernacular sometimes is better, okay? So the testicle is what you call your balls, okay? It's that round egg-shaped thing that's kind of squishy. On top of that is a collection of tissue called the epididymis, okay? And the epididymis uh, stores sperm, and Mm -hmm. then when you have an orgasm, the sperm goes up the spermatic cord and gets, you know, shot out the end, (laughs) and the epididymis can get infected, and it's retrograde bacteria. They come up through your penis and down your spermatic cord, and the reason why it settles in the epididymis is because things don't move around that much. I mean, especially for you, not having had (laughs) an injection of of, uh, sperm from the, uh, not you, Mike Listener, I'm pointing at Dave. Um, It's been sitting around for a long time. And bacteria can develop. Mycoplasma is a big one. So how do you know you have epididymitis? Your testicle is not sore. It's that that clump sitting on top of the testicle becomes extremely that, sore and, yes. and big. Well, it's, it, there's really yeah. very little pain. Yeah. Well, uh, when I had it, I thought I was going to die. Mm. And um, I went on tetracycline. It went away, which tetracycline is an antibiotic. We now use something called doxycycline. doesn't matter. And then I went on a different antibiotic called Bactrim. It went away, came back. It was about a year before it went away. Now, one of the other treatments, um, am I allowed to say this on the show? I think so. Okay, is to ejaculate every day, twice a day. Well, why? Yeah, why? It's to get rid of the fluid that's building up in the epididymis. So, I tell you, it's very difficult to eradicate sometimes. Now, some people get their dose of antibiotics and it goes away and then doesn't come back. Mm-hmm. The worst situation, and I've seen this, is somebody had to have an orchiectomy because it just would not clear up. 
Now, it's very important if you think you have epididymitis, and this is getting a long-winded approach to your question, is go to a urologist. And the reason is it can masquerade as something worse, which is called testicular torsion. When your balls and your, well, one of them anyway, hopefully not both, gets twisted around the cord, and it cuts off the blood supply, Mm -hmm. and it gets enlarged and tender. And so I don't, you know, that women are taught self-exams. Men aren't, right? right? Have you ever been taught a sexual nope. organ self-exam? Nope. And the bottom line is I think we all should be taught that because you could pick up testicular cancer early. Um, one of your testicles grows larger. Um, you can pick up epididymitis if it's tender on top. Um, testicular torsion, you know, it, it, you're going to lose your testicle if you don't get it untwisted rather quickly. So the, sh- the, sh- the long answer to your question is go see a urologist. Um, number one, they may have specialized knowledge about which antibiotics to try since you may have tried others. They have an ultrasound machine specifically designed for your testicles that can you know, give you a nice picture of really what's going on. Um, I think a lot of primary care physicians know what to do, um, but I, I think if you've had it more than once, I go see a urologist. That's not neuro. I always gets confused. Not with an N, but a U. Urologist. 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 Got it. Thank you, Phil. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Well, you know you make me wanna shout, kick my heels up and shout, throw my hands up and shout, throw my head back. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Where you get better, stay healthy, spot medical misinformation. And have a good time. And have a good time. Martha Lillard has been in an iron lung for a long time, decades upon decades. She is still in the iron lung. Yeah. What what is the iron lung? Okay, so go back and Google the polio epidemics of the 40s and 50s. Right. And what was the major thing? Sure, you get paralyzed. And you'd lose your arm. That's horrible. But the worst thing was the diaphragm paralysis. So what's the diaphragm? It's like a drum of muscles between the abdomen and the lungs. That's what makes you breathe. Right. Okay. So your lungs don't have muscle. Your lungs are passive. And they have air come in, and you get the oxygen out of it, and you get the carbon dioxide out of the blood, and you breathe it out. It works by the diaphragm. So basically, the diaphragm contracts uh-huh. and gets negative pressure in the thorax, which is the ribs and the muscles. The lung city and the thorax are now under negative pressure. The air comes in. Uh-huh. Okay, so when you're on a ventilator, it's working just the opposite. So you got this tube in your throat, right? and it's blowing air into your lungs. Okay, so... It's the absolute opposite. Instead of air getting sucked into your lung, when you're on a ventilator, it blows into your lung. Well, they didn't have ventilators back then. They didn't have plastic with balloons on the end that would go into your throat. They had something really cool. They put a collar around your neck. I don't know how tight it was. I'm, I'm imitating when it is. A collar around your neck that was airtight. Right. And then they put you in a tube. Okay? Big tube. And the tube was sealed. So yes. your whole body was sealed, and they would suck the air out of this huge tube that contained your entire body except for your head sticking out, and it would 
And then the negative pressure would breathe air into your lungs. Right. But it was your whole body under negative pressure. Okay, it worked. They kept people alive. And yet they were, you know, their heads were outside. They were looking around. They were eating normally, you know. I always ask the question, if you just put something in your mouth, would it get sucked into your stomach by the negative pressure? Now you had to swallow still. But it was usually temporary. Because usually the diaphragm would get a little strong, okay. and then you could train it to get stronger, and you get out of the iron lung. Okay, because these were made out of metal. Right. Okay. So there's one lady left in the United States of America who had polio, and her diaphragms never got better. The last woman, just you know, in the iron lung. Could have. And here's the problem. What's that? Did you ever have a 46 Ford? Oh, yeah. What happens when you try to keep the 46 Ford alive? Yeah. No more parts. So the last thing in the world is the collar made out of rubber. Right. And it was specifically made so it didn't choke you. Right. To run out of collars. All right. Well, we salute Martha Lillard. What a great lady. Has held on all this time. And she's happy. We've got another hour of Heart Health Radio coming up next. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor. The following is a paid program, and the views expressed are those of the hosts and guests and do not reflect the opinions of WPTF or Curtis Media Group. Information provided is of a general nature. Listeners seeking specific advice should contact a licensed professional in the appropriate area. Welcome to Heart Health Radio with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Heart Health Radio, Heart Health Radio, oh, 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 hearthealthradio.com, Heart Health Radio. Heart Health Radio is meant for information purposes only. Before taking any action, talk to your doctor. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. Telephone number here is 919-860-9783. Don't know why, but people tend to call in the second hour. Yeah, I think it's because they're so sick of hearing me talk. <laughs> they want to just say, all right, we'll talk about something, you know, relevant. And and you could call right now and we'll get you on right away. There's been so many things that we've planned out to talk about. Yeah. And yet the last segment really was the one that people are going to remember. Oh, yeah. The the discussion. Yeah. In any case. Well, because it's relevant to daily life. And it's... Yeah. I mean, your wife texts you about that all the time. She... T- I don't I got to tell this story, okay? Okay. So he's in the middle of the show, uh, and a text comes up, and it says, dry your balls. And so... Literally, I, he's wondering. It's from my it's wife. It's true. Well, it turns out she was using Siri, and she was trying to get him a chopping list yes. of the one those little tiny balls that go in your dryer to D R Y E R balls to get rid of the you know make them soft. So Dave gets up in the middle of the show. No, I didn't. Do goes it. to the men's room. <laughs> no, no. And he came back and he said, "My wife gave me an order." The point is. She meant the balls that you put in your dryer. Yeah. She was texting herself by using, yeah. she texts me. Text to talk. Talk to text. Talk to text. So be and careful it, of what you talk to text. All right. Tom in Raleigh. 
Welcome to the radio program. You are on Heart Health Radio. Hi, Tom. Hey, good afternoon. I just got a real quick question. Sure. Um, when I wake up in the morning, I say maybe three or four out of seven days, the back of my calf muscle feels like um, somebody's hit it with a sledgehammer. Yeah. I get a real bad cramp. And yeah. I, I hope it's not a blood clot. I'm wondering, is there a, can you do an x-ray or whatever and see what that may be? Or? Sure. This happens a lot. I have it. And so what you need to do if, you're, if your calves are swelling, and you know what, even if they're not, I've picked up some of these blood clots in people with calf pain, and they didn't have any swelling or mm-hmm. redness. They had a clot. Um, it's called a Doppler of the veins, uh, venous Doppler. And you can get those in a lot of places. I mean, my office does it. I'm not advertising. Uh, I don't want you to come to see me. You know, to, you can if you want. But you can go to a hospital, you can go to a cardiologist's office and get what's called a venous Doppler. Now, let me tell you what it probably is. I'm not diagnosing you. So what I have is what you have, and that's called periodic limb movement disorder. So this is what I'm saying I had, and it could be what you have. And that's where your legs don't stop budging. I call it budging. I don't know where that came from. Moving? Yeah, they move all night. Now, to get proper sleep, you have to be paralyzed and breathe through your nose for 20 minutes three times a night. That's when your whole body shuts down and your brain cells rejuvenate and so do your muscle cells. So a lot of people have this and some people need medicine for it. Um, there are several medicines you can take. Uh, clonazepam is one. Uh, Requip is another. There's another one, um, Mirapex. But what I did was consider that I might not have a balance of uh, chemicals, not chemicals, what are they called? Uh, minerals. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of recommendations, and I started doing it, is taking magnesium and potassium. Now, you can't take supplements of those if you have kidney failure or kidney problem. But what I do is I take magnesium and potassium and, you know, take it right before I go to bed, and it works. I have very, very... Uh, fewer episodes of these leg cramps. Um, mine used to be so bad. I'd, I'd wake up in the middle of the night and my muscles would be contracted. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, And I'd have to stand up and push down to get the muscle to relax. It's called tetany, T-E-T-A-N-Y. And it can be real bad and it'll disturb your sleep just as bad as sleep apnea. Right. Okay, because you, you, know, you can breathe through your nose if you don't have sleep apnea, but if you have periodic leg, move, leg movement disorder, we, restless legs, though that can happen during the day too, then you're not gonna sleep well either. So go see your doctor, sometimes a magnesium deficiency, sometimes a potassium deficiency. Uh, the other thing you can do to make this better is exercise, walking. I don't know if you walk 30, 40 minutes, five times a week, but for some reason, I think it's just muscle conditioning. People have fewer of these problems at night. But I, if you want to get checked for blood clots, I think it's a good idea. It's called a venous Doppler test, and it's ultrasound. There's no needles, mm-hmm. just a bunch of jelly on your leg and a probe that emits very high-frequency sound waves you can't hear. My dog can't even hear it. Right. And it, it bounces off, comes back to the probe, and the computer makes an image of what it's seeing through the sound wave reflection and can tell you if you have a clot. Is it something that a regular general practitioner generally not would have? Generally no. not. Generally, but not. you okay. you got to have a physician's order to get it. Right. But okay. 
Okay. And oh, the other peripheral vascular surgeons do it too. Okay. Right. So it's not just cardiologists. Peripheral vascular surgeons can right. do it. Thank but you, it, Tom. Yeah. yeah. Appreciate it. Bill in Raleigh. Hello, Bill. Welcome to the show. How you doing? Oh, I'm I'm doing okay. I hope you are. We're good, doing yes. good today. Doc, I got a question for you. Yeah. I want to give you some uh, information ahead of time. On October 9th, I had a mini stroke, a CIA, okay. and I went to Wake Med. Great. And, and they said that the risk was greater than the solution. You know, um, the probe going up through the, the uh, abdomen and up into the brain. Yeah. Now, um, what they put me on was uh, Plavix and Lipitor. Okay. And uh, it, it, it just it it just blew me away how the pain and and the inflammation in my body just disappeared. Really, still, that's great. Yes, yes, sir. I I have uh, I still can feel the numbness in the base of my spine mm-hmm. around my left hip, but it's just. It's just amazing how the rest of my body, the, the inflammation and the pain just kind of dis, disapp, disappeared. Yeah. Um, I'm, my question to you is, how, why did that happen? I mean, you know the drugs. You know the effect, the effect that they can have sure. on, on the body. How is it, What you know, um, it just, it worries me because I'm not a person that likes to be on medication. Yeah, a lot of people aren't. I mean, people hate chemicals, yeah. And, and um, you know, I followed your prescription for uh, turmeric and, and yeah. uh, ginger, and, mm-hmm. and I used to make my own tomato sauce and, and put that in the blender and, and, and you know, put uh, Use it to eat, eat salads with and, and spaghetti and stuff like that. Well, yeah. And that, that seemed to help, but. Um, All right, well, let's see what he, yeah, okay. let's see two what he things, says, Bill. Two things I'm going to talk about. First, we'll talk about the atorvastatin or Lipitor yeah. and the aspirin. Now, people don't realize because uh, statins, quote unquote, with the People's Pharmacy, quote unquote, are bad for you. They lower your cholesterol, but there's something amazing that atorvastatin uh, can do for you. And what is that? It's the I word, inflammation. So they're recommending atorvastatin in certain situations for Crohn's disease. Now, why the heck would lowering your cholesterol help your Crohn's disease? One of the ways, in fact, perhaps even the most important way that atorvastatin prevents a heart attack is by lowering inflammation. It's actually one of the best anti-inflammatory medications we have. So why is your pain better? Well, the aspirin, obviously, is an anti-inflammatory. Um, that's why it relieves headaches. And right. even if you're taking a low dose, you've got a double whammy. You've got the aspirin lowering inflammation, and you've got the atorvastatin. Now, why maybe was it so dramatic? Because maybe, just maybe, the turmeric and the ginger you were taking lowered your inflammation to, like, a threshold. So let's just make up some numbers. It went from 15 to 6 but your body needed a four, okay? This is a, a, the lab result of the C-reactive protein. And right. then you took the Lipitor and the aspirin, and it got it down to a three. And so it, some people respond very well 
to these anti-inflammatory medications. You, I think, got your inflammation level down below the threshold of pain, and now you're better. So the thing about, and I got to say this because, you know, the commercial for medications where they say, oh, this saves your life, you know, it's great, but you got to be careful because your hair will fall out and your uh, teeth will fall out and your eyes, you know. Right. Well, I have to tell you, you got to, when you take a statin, you've got to have your liver tests done uh, every once in a while because the statins, one in a million times, one in 10,000 times can cause some liver irritation. And the other thing you got to have is your muscles. Be careful if you start getting muscle aches. But remember, that's also very rare. Don't, okay. don't talk yourself into getting these things. But All I right. think it's wonderful. Um, now, let me ask you a question about your transient ischemic attack or your mini stroke. What did they do to find out why you had it? Did they do any tests on you while you were there? Uh, they did a battery test. They started off with a CT scan and an MRI and then uh-huh. a brain scan. And then they checked, uh, they, they did a um, sonogram on my like veins in my neck. Yeah. Okay. So you got, the, you got the $50 billion workup. Did they put a tube down your throat to see if you had a clot in your heart? No. We used to do that all the time. See, I, I, I've had a, um, a valve replaced five years ago. Aha. I had a, a micro valve uh, replaced. Oh, you're kidding. No, sir. Okay. Now, uh, wait, wait, this uh, changes my whole thinking about you. Hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, I've had about see, six see, people. They, this, uh, go they ahead. Said my, doc, they said my cholesterol... At, was always fine, but they're saying that uh, I'm reading about this LP uh, parentheses A. Yeah, LPA. A, that they're just now discovering. Is, right. Is a, is well, a, we knew all about it before, but we didn't know what to do about it. Let me let me go yeah. back. Let me go back. Okay. Most people who have a transient ischemic attack have a clip of a little tiny speck of cholesterol break off their neck artery, the carotid artery, and go to the brain, and then it gets dissolved, and the brain function goes away. You, or someone like you, since I can't diagnose you, has an artificial valve. I assume it's a pig or cow valve because you're not on warfarin, right? Bovine. Yeah. So bovine pericardial prosthesis. They make it out of a sac around the cow heart. Anyway, that can form clots that you don't know about. And they can break off and go to the brain, causing a mini stroke. The other thing is that people who have these valves are more prone to get the bugaboo we've talked about a lot, the atrial fibrillation, where the upper chamber of the heart starts to quiver and the clots can form and go up to the brain. So, Well, does that, does that quivering, does it occur in your back, like underneath your left uh, shoulder blade? Usually because, not. It can be. And a lot of times, uh, I had AFib, and it, I felt terrible. I could feel it. A lot of people don't feel it. So if you were my patient or if I had a patient like you, there's two things I would do, okay? Number one is it's called a transesophageal echocardiogram. Fancy term, we put an echo or a sonogram um, probe on the end of a stick. We put it down your throat while you're asleep, and we can get a really high-powered picture of your heart and see if there's a clot in there or a clot on the valve. The other way Wait, to do I, it? I had I, I had the TEE pr- uh, prior Great. to the valve replacement. Right. But I haven't you had that done afterwards. Yeah. Well, if you were my patient or a patient like you, I would recommend that highly because then you need to switch meds. Okay. Um, oh. If you have a valve clot, then you need to be on aspirin and warfarin. Not Eliquis, 
not Xarelto, the new ones, but warfarin, because that's the only thing that'll stop it. And then the other thing is you need a monitor for a, a month, okay? Because if you even have a little bit of atrial fibrillation that you can't feel with that artificial valve, you are at very high risk for a stroke from that. And guess what? Aspirin and Plavix is, and Lipitor is very good for a stroke that comes from the artery of the carotid artery in your neck to the brain. You can also have strokes from our cholesterol buildup inside the arteries of the brain. I'm sorry, in the arteries that are inside the brain. But with you, I am, and someone like you, very worried about a clot on your valve and about a clot in the upper chamber of the heart from AFib. And aspirin and Plavix won't work to prevent that. So what's the most important part of your life in the future is not having another one, another yep. mini stroke. Right. So if you were my patient or if I had a patient like you, I would ask my primary care physician to get thee to a cardiologist and specifically say, how can you tell that there's not a clot on my valve and how can you tell that my stroke wasn't from atrial fibrillation? Because if those two things are happening as the cause of my stroke or either one, I need something different besides aspirin and Plavix. You need the atorvastatin or Lipitor to lower inflammation. That We've proven that because your, your chronic pain has gotten better. Yeah. But I'm very, and I've had five people just in the last two years who came to me having been on aspirin and Plavix for a mini stroke, and what they had was AFib and didn't know it, atrial fibrillation. So my recommendation for a patient like you, since I can't diagnose you over the air, is yeah. to ask those questions and see if somebody can um, work on that for you. Well, I've got I've got to take the labs on Jan, on uh, December first. Uh, I got I got to go get labs done so that on the sixth, when I meet with my uh, primary care physician, he's an internist. Yeah. Um, that that uh, he can he and I can discuss yeah. the labs. Well, the labs are one thing, but yes, the right. actual you know whole clinical situation. Um, in my opinion, uh, if I had a patient like yours, and I've had several patients like yours, demands an evaluation for clot on the valve and clot so should, from AFib. I, I should see my cardiologist? Great. Go see okay. him or her. Right. Thank you so much for that hey. answer. And listen, Thanks. call us later on and tell us uh, more about your story. Your story's fascinating. You sound like a great guy. Um, I'll have you over to watch the Notre Dame game when you're all fixed up. <laughs> Thank you, Bill. <laughs> all right. Vernon and Bobby are waiting. We'll get to you in just a moment. This is Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network. We got a couple of people on the shame list, but we're going to put that to the yeah, side because yeah, yeah, yeah. Vernon and Selma's been waiting a long time. Vernon, welcome to the program. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. How you fellas? Good. What's, We're what's going fun. on? We're having fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm not sure if I should be concerned about this or not. Let's okay. find out. Okie dokie. Uh, I have trouble with nausea. Uh, just like right now, I'm nauseated. Uh, and I say nauseated to a small degree. But it gets a lot worse if I bend over and do uh, anything or pick anything, uh, pick anything heavy up, say from the floor or something like that. Mm-hmm. Now, if I sit down on something or squat down, or not squat down, but if I 
sit down or something like that and pick something up, it's not a problem. But when I bend over and pick up heavy items, uh, it, I can get really nauseated. That's not a good thing. That is something to definitely be concerned about. Nausea is terrible. I mean, have you ever been nauseated? All the okay, time. Let, let me let me just say. Last hour on this show. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. If you if you have yeah. Yeah. If you have nausea, yeah. you are nauseated. Yeah. You're not nauseous. Okay. What is nauseous? Nauseous know. is what makes you nauseated. So. You know, you go into the bathroom and it's dirty, you know, public restroom. The dirt is nauseous. Okay. It makes you nauseous. I didn't know this. Yeah. So, yeah. So Vernon if you say, doesn't care. If he you wants say, to know why. If you say I'm nauseous, that means people get nauseated when they smell you or see you. Anyway, nausea is a bad thing. Now, can I ask you a personal question? Do you have a big belly? Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's important. Because people don't realize. My wife had to laugh about that one. That's okay. I got one, too, and Dave has a very big belly. Amen. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, uh, hiatal hernia. Let's go through the list of things that can cause chronic nausea. Yeah. Okay, a hiatal hernia. What is that? That's when the stomach protrudes up into the chest cavity because you have a weak sphincter. Not yeah. yeah, not the sphincter below, but the okay. sphincter there. Yeah. That can do it, and that's why the big belly is important. Gallbladder. Have you had your gallbladder out? No, I, I okay. Now you can have an ulcer, a stomach ulcer, and just feel nausea. Um, you can have what's called uh, gastroparesis, where your food doesn't move out as quick. Okay. Yeah. So these are all important things. If you've not been to the doctor and had an f- examination for your chronic nausea, I would definitely recommend it. Now the reason why I talked about your big belly is because you sit down, you squat, you lift things. That causes intra-abdominal pressure, and if you have a big belly, it can be pushing up uh, your hiatal hernia. So I'm not diagnosing you. I'm saying these are all things that have to do with chronic nausea. Pancreatitis, chronic pancreatitis, uh-huh. and, you know, I don't want to scare people. You know, everything on Google ends in the big C word. Yeah. But the point I'm trying to make is this is something you, number one, don't want to live with, and number two, should not live with. Vernon, because there's something wrong. All right, I got a question for you, Vernon. How's your blood sugar? Uh, fine. Mm-hmm. You're, you're not diabetic at all. Uh, correct. Uh, yeah, I yeah. had my blood sugar checked, and it's uh, uh, I think it was 97. Or Good. Something like that. Good. But no, there's something going on, Vern. And um, you know what was that character on the radio or TV, Vern? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh-huh. Poor You've Vernon. probably got that your whole life, but no, Vern, this is important because you shouldn't. And don't let don't let somebody just give you Zofran or Phenergan to control the symptoms. Nausea, like pain, yeah, is a symptom that there's something not right. And so you are absolutely excellent and smart to call me up. I'm not diagnosing you. I don't know what you got, but you got something that needs to be evaluated. So where should I? Well, start with your primary care physician. Uh, he or her can direct you if, if you know, if it's something simple like you need, you know, Pepsid or something. I, and I don't know. But if it's not something simple, you need to go to a gastroenterologist and have an evaluation. Because nausea is a symptom of something. It's, it's not like, you know, Dave being a loudmouth. I mean, that's just a symptom of him being a loudmouth. That's just me. But nausea is a symptom of something wrong in your GI tract. And sometimes your heart. Yeah. Sometimes nausea is the only symptom you get. 
from a blocked artery. So get thee to a good physician and get thee diagnosed. Vernon, good luck to you. And stay with us. And you know what I'm saying, Vernon? Check back in a couple of weeks. Yeah, let us know what you found out. All right. This is Heart Health Radio. The telephone number here, 919-860-9783. And Bobby is next on Heart Health Radio. Welcome to Heart Health with board-certified cardiologist and internal medicine specialist, Dr. Franklin Weefall. Call us with your health questions at 919-860-9783. You can listen to this show on hearthealthradio.com or Apple Podcasts. Bobby in Durham, welcome to the show. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for um, taking my call. I really enjoy the show, a regular listener. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Dr. Weefall, I've got a question about adult stem cells. Is there such a person? And if they're stored in the bone marrow, and if there is anything that uh, we can take, or is there something that's available that we can get the stem cells out of the bone marrow where they would be beneficial. All right. You're asking about stem cells yeah, in, the stem cells in the bone marrow. Yeah. Okay. So the bone marrow turns over all the time. Okay. It's making white blood cells. It's yeah. making red blood cells. It's making platelets. Uh-huh. Where does that come from? It comes from stem cells. So they're the uh, originators of these things. And they're very good. I mean, obviously. But believe it or not, you got stem cells all over your body. So if I took a hunk of this huge fat belly that Dave has and took out the fat, yes. I could find stem cells in there. Now, they are the same cells that are in the bone marrow that are in, believe it or not, you have stem cells in your brain. Yeah. They are the, you want to hear a good word now? Pluripotent. P-L-U-R-I-P-O-T-N-T. That means they can make anything. Okay. Now, you don't need to do anything to your own body to make your stem cells work. They just work. Okay? So you take care of your body. You eat the right foods. You make sure you have nutrition. And then those cells will turn into the cells you need. Aging research is trying to find out if we can do something with these stem cells to keep us young. The answer is we don't know yet, but don't worry about your stem cells. They work. You obviously are producing red blood cells and white blood cells in the bone marrow. You're making new skin, um, you know, and yeah. it's just great. I just want to know why Bobby wants to know this. Because there are things being advertised that, will help enhance the stem cells uh, being utilized from the bone marrow. Okay, let me let me see. Is it you seem like a supplement? Yes. Is okay. it a Do radio you know ad? It? I'm sorry? Do you know the name of it? Uh yes, Cerule. C E R U L E. C E R U L E. Okay, I haven't heard of it. I'll look it up. I'm, it's a company I'm, based out of California. Okay. Well, I, I will tell you this. Um, I don't believe it. The way you believe something is through a scientific study. Okay. So how would they do this? They would have to give 10,000 people this, whatever it's called, supplement, and then 10,000 people a fake supplement. 
and then somehow do a test to see whether the stem cells are increased in number and, you know, you can't really increase the vitality of a stem cell, but I guess you could. I don't know. And so that's the only way to prove it. So they're just saying it's so when they don't, they can't prove it so. And so the bottom line is if they're asking you for $100 a month for a supplement, I wouldn't do it. Um, I just wouldn't do it. I've got Thank their you. ad up Thank right you now. So very much. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it either, Bobby. I, I, <laughs> I mean, I'm. I've got their website up. They've got about six or seven different things, including regenerating night cream, which Bobby, I know you want <laughs> more than anything else. Now Doctor, here's something. I'm on the internet right now. Yeah. And you know what? You know, there's one um, uh, website. That says, if you want to enhance your stem cells, guess what they tell you to take? What? <laughs> what? You're not going to believe this. What? Turmeric. Turmeric. <laughs> Resveratrol and fish oil. Now, I am as, I think those are safe and good to take, but not for your stem cells. Although, maybe inflammation affects your stem cells too. But the bottom line is, live right. Exercise. Don't smoke. Yeah. All right? Cut way back on your sugar, yeah, and listen to this show, okay? Every Saturday, relentlessly. <laughs> I've Bless you. It, and I've been on, listening to you guys now for probably a couple of years. All well, right. thank you so much. And, love you. Well, thank you. Thank you. Call anytime. We love it. Yeah. Right. Take care, thank Bobby. Appreciate for the it. All right. Take care. All right. Live from Fort Worth, Texas, Carlton. How you doing, Carlton? Are you Carlton? kidding me? No, I'm not making this up at all. How you doing, yeah. Carlton? I'm all right, Dave. How are you? Good. How are you feeling today? I'm feeling great. Good. <laughs> How are things in the land of Texas? Do you, have you met all my exes in Texas? <laughs> uh, no, only got one. Uh-oh. Uh, so what's up? What do you need? What's up? Yeah, what, I, what I've got is I've got a question for the doctor regarding uh, blood pressure. Sure. I have been on Lozartan for uh, over a year. Good. Milligrams, and I have been noticing that uh, there are certain times during the day or certain activities that I do that my blood pressure drops below uh, 100 over 60. Ooh, that's not good. And I get dizzy. I've actually passed out a couple of times. Ooh, that's not good. I got with my uh, general practitioner. They dropped it from 100 milligrams down to 50. I'm seeming to level out at this point, but mm -hmm. how? I guess my question is, how long does it generally take for the body to acclimate to a lower or a reduced, or in some cases, increased level? Sure. Uh, okay, so 100 milligrams is basically the maximum dose of losartan. Losartan is called an angiotensin receptor blocker. So that blocks a hormone that's produced in your body that constricts arteries. And when you constrict art, I mean, that, yeah, when you block that hormone, you block the constriction so the artery relaxes. So let me ask you a question. How high was your blood pressure sitting when you started this medicine? Uh, I really can't give you a specific. Uh, was it like 150 over 100? I mean, was it high enough for people to get worried? Uh, well, it was high enough for my previous doctor to be a little bit okay. concerned. Now let me ask you another question. 
Did the yeah. doctor check your blood pressure more than once during that no. appointment? Okay. And did he or she stand you up for a minute or two and recheck yep. your blood pressure? Okay. So what I see a lot is two things. Number one, it's called, well, you know about this white coat hypertension. You come in, the phys- physician assistant or the medical assistant <laughs> takes your blood pressure. Yeah. He or she happens to be whatever excites you, your blood pressure goes up. And so then they start treating you on the basis of that blood pressure instead of waiting 15 minutes and rechecking your blood pressure. Now, the other thing is that now your blood pressure is low when you're exercising. So that is called orthostatic hypotension. When you stand up, Mm -hmm. it goes down. And that can be very difficult to treat. It's called resting hypertension, orthostatic hypo. Hypertension when you're sitting hypo when you're standing. So what I'm trying to say with all this mess of uh, additional details is that you might, and I'm not saying you are because I had to be very careful, you might be on the wrong medicine because each medicine for blood pressure works differently. And so what I would do is go back to your doctor and just say, look, I mean, yeah, my blood pressure is normal when I'm sitting, but now when I'm exercising, it's falling and see what he or she does to make adjustments. Because you don't want to live this way. I mean, you've passed out already. That's terrible. I mean, you know. Yeah. I mean, and the other thing say. is you can't drive until this situation is straightened out because you don't want to pass out while you're driving and, right. and run over a bus full of Catholic schoolgirls. So well, my, that's my important. I mean, I don't care if they're Catholic or not. I'm just saying schoolgirls, you know, yeah. and young, innocent people. <laughs> So get this checked out right away because you, it, it may just be that a change in your medicine from one class to another will control both situations, um, and it's real important. Now, I've got probably you know, 30, 40 that have really high blood pressures when they sit down right. and really low when they stand up, and that's the hardest thing in the world to treat. I'm telling you right now. Yeah. That's really hard to treat, and um, make sure— the next time you go, that they check your blood pressure in the beginning, 15 minutes later, sitting and standing. And you got to stand for at least two or three minutes to get the full effect to know if you have this condition. And the well, other I, thing, Carlton, Carlton, you're already on a blood pressure pill. So right. it may, in fact, be that his blood pressure is regulating. Right. But see, that's the whole point. I'm trying to make right. is that the angiotensin receptor blocker mechanism for controlling his blood pressure may not be the best one for him. Right. So there's the beta blocker, which which prevents adrenaline from constricting your blood vessels. There's the alpha blocker that prevents another constriction of blood vessels. There's a low-dose diuretic that yeah. can just lower the sodium level a little bit. There's many more mechanisms of lowering blood pressure. And so my suggestion is go back, have these things done, and then ask he or she, your doctor, whether a different type of blood pressure medication might help you. Again, not diagnosing you over the phone, but giving you advice about perhaps what to ask your physician. Well, I'm not sure if this will help either, but I have been tracking it for the last three or four months, uh, four to five times during the day, and I've noticed the last six or seven days that it seems to have uh, leveled off into the normal range. I'm not having the high spike 
um, then maybe, just maybe, you'll be okay. Are you are you really restricting your salt in your diet? I know a lot of people go overboard and they just cut out all salt and they wind up, you know, all messed up. You have to have a little bit oh, of salt. Oh no! Yeah, good. No, I did. Okay. Uh, Mexican food, uh, tacos, barbecue. I mean, no. You're making God. me hungry. He's in Texas. He's oh in Texas God. for goodness' sakes. You know what I think of Fort Worth when I think of what? Texas? I think of the Kennedy assassination. Isn't that weird? You know, that's wrong. Well, no, what it happened was, was, no, it wasn't. No, oh, no, 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 no. He landed in Fort Worth originally. Oh, yeah, okay. Well, and yeah. then they flew yeah. from, isn't this weird? They flew from Love Field yeah. to Dallas. Isn't Which that weird? Is, I mean, they're like 20 miles away. Could have okay. driven it. Well, yeah, and maybe then he wouldn't have got assassinated. I don't know. Carlton, I just want to re- remind you, we got a show coming up in just a little bit. We got a f- another fellow from Texas, Brock Emmons, uh, is going to be on along with uh, Joel Worsham, and, and it'll be a g- good, interesting show. If you're yeah. listening on, you know the the website, you may want to just go ahead and stay. Doc Brock. All right. I, I've I've actually never heard of him. You've never heard of him. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot. We believe that. Have a great day. All right. Take care. It's, uh, we, he, we did the rerun of mm. the show like this past week. Mm-hmm. We reran the show where Carlton called earlier, mm-hmm. and he admitted that he's Brock's dad. Uh, That's the scene. This is the thing. Yeah. That's why he knows about us. Fort Worth. Our telephone number is 919-860-9783. So there was a story about a North Carolina woman who got fired. Yeah. After asking if it would be okay if she brought her oxygen tank to work. Yeah. And they fired fired her. her. And I think that is just horrible. We are. This is a right to work state, which is. They can fire you for any reason. They just about. And in radio, they are fired because you're too tall. Dave, you're fired. All right. Thanks. I'll get another job. Yeah. Um, But this was a terrible situation. And then there's another. Yeah. Discrimination yeah. case. I think that uh, this woman uh, apparently was doing a good job. Yeah. And she had COPD, uh, which is chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, usually from smoking. It destroys the connective tissue, so you can't push air out. Sometimes it can come from coal mining. It can come a lot of times in, in Johnson County. It's from the textiles because right. they had the, the cotton mill. Sure. Dust everywhere. But anyway, your lungs don't work good. And eventually, some people need oxygen supplementation. So she got sick, was out a few days. The doctors put her on oxygen. She came back in with her machine. And um, there's a tank that contains oxygen. That's one way of supplying it. The problem is the tanks don't last long. A couple hours later, you got to put a new tank on. Well, there's something called a concentrator. Yes. Okay, so there's 21% oxygen in the atmosphere. Yeah. And the concentrator can bump that up to 40%, 50% by taking in the air and separating out oxygen and concentrating it. Mm-hmm. Well, all you have to do is plug that thing in. It makes a little noise, you know? And she was wearing her oxygen and doing her job, and the boss man came by and said, you're fired. We don't want this oxygen here. Did not interfere with her performance at all. Now, that is against the law. Right. Um, that's called the Americans with Disabilities Act. Right. And so uh, I hate that boss because he's mean and uncaring. Right. 
And I had a woman who worked in my office for a year and a half who was bad, bad COPD, and she had her oxygen, and she had a little concentrator that she pulled around, and, you know, she did her job. Right. And she was good at her job. And I thought it was wonderful that she could work and be a productive citizen. And, you know, work for a lot of people makes them happy. Right. And so why make her sit at home doing nothing on disability when all she needed was some oxygen? The uh, the group Novant. Yeah, I'm mad at them. The hospital has is going to be on on the line. They're going to be on ticket on the ticket. I don't know well, how you I'm say not, it. You know what? I'm not so sure. They might have to pay this guy. Well, they might not either. This it administrator. De- it depends on who the judge is. Okay, tell the story. So this is a guy, a man who had been working for 10 years in a managerial position. I'm not going to name names on this one, okay, because it's an adjudication. Okay. But um, you can look the story up if you want to know the guy's name. He did a good job. He was mm-hmm. fantastic, you know. He's in, uh, He'd been working there 10, 15 years in a managerial position doing very, very well. And one day they walked up and said, we're letting you go. Didn't give him a reason. And, you know, you don't have to give a reason. This is a, like you said, yeah. in North Carolina, you can fire somebody uh, for any reason except on the basis of discrimination. So you can't discriminate against uh, people with disabilities. You can't discriminate against religion or race mm-hmm. or sex. Okay, so he walked out with his, you know how they walk out with a box cardboard of box. This stuff. Been, I've worked in radio long enough. Yep. I know about the cardboard box. Yeah. And yeah. the next day, they hired a woman and an African-American, both people, to take his job. Now, that could be coincidental, but apparently there was an email from the higher-up that said we had to increase our diversity numbers to look good for the federal government and so therefore we made this great move in getting rid of a white man in favor of a woman and an african-american man now i believe in racial fairness and equality but i don't believe in achieving quote-unquote numbers and and firing people Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. who have done a good job um, on that basis. Well, and I think that's terrible, especially for Novant being a medical you know, institution that you know, saves lives and, and is situated as a nonprofit organization to promote health. And, you know, come on, let's love each other. Black, white, yellow, green, uh, you know, and let's not say that one person's job can be eliminated in order to promote, you know, numbers and, and, and you know, situations that will look good, quote unquote, to the woke republic. Yeah. And it's just, I'm just it's sad. And I, I hope we can get over this someday and treat each other equally at all times. There is a story about upcoding. And I don't know what upcoding is, but he hates it. And we're going to talk about that coming up next on Heart Health Radio. You're listening to Heart Health Radio on the Heart Health Radio Network with Dr. Weefald of Heart Health Radio.
How you doing, sir? I'm doing really good. I've got a shout out to shout out all shout out. Yeah? It's so important for anybody to learn medical things, right? Mm-hmm. Heimlich. Right? Yeah, yeah. How yeah, many yeah. people have been saved by the Heimlich? That's where you put your, your fist balled up underneath someone's sternum and stomach and pull real hard and out pops the hot dog and the dead, the, you know, the person who's choking to death on a hot dog yeah. saves, gets saved. CPR. I mean, well-performed mm-hmm. CPR will save a life. And this is really interesting. You always think of the doctors as heroes saving lives. Mm-hmm. Anybody mm-hmm. can save a life. Okay, so there was an anesthesiologist, Amos Sanger, and he wasn't feeling good. He's having chest pain. In the middle of the night, he decides to check on himself. If you if you have yourself as a doctor, yeah, yeah. I mean you got a quack, okay? Because you can't be, um, you know, you're gonna have too much emotion. You can't be objective. So he goes in this dark room where he knows there's an EKG machine stacked away, and he hooks it up, and the last words are, "Whoops, I'm having a heart attack," and he oh. falls down dead as a doorknob. So. Here comes the janitor. And, you know, people think custodian janitor, what are you supposed to call maintenance? I don't have anything against the word janitor. It's like Uh a farmer, okay? There's nothing wrong with being a farmer. So the janitor's name was uh, Kendall Hofstadt. And he walks in, and he's going to clean the floor, and he notices there's a, a scrub leg jutting out from behind the table. He goes over to, to realize it, and there's the anesthesiologist he knows from being in the hospital, blue huh. and dead. So first thing he does, calls 911 on the cell phone. Second thing he does, CPR. And uh, he starts doing CPR, and yes. he starts doing it well. He did CPR for 12 minutes because apparently yeah. no service in the deep bowels of the hospital on his no cell way. phone. Yeah. So he started screaming and yelling, and finally someone came down, and they got him back and took him to the cath lab and opened up his artery, and he's doing great. So I want to shout out to Kendall Hofstadt for, number one, knowing CPR, number two, for knowing what he had to do to save a life, and number three, for being someone in an occupation that is now proven to be a great occupation for anyone. Sure. And we all have to honor each other for what we do because it all comes together and we all help each other out. And this proves it. Another weird story. A hiker was lost. and Lost in the wilderness. It just so happens that this wilderness had cell service. Okay. Good thing, yeah. But I don't know why he didn't call 911, but I don't know. He's walking around by himself, and the phone's ringing. Yeah. I don't know the number. I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> and then that same number rings again a day later. Well, I'm not answering that. Well, it turns out it was the rescuers trying to call <laughs> him, saying, where the heck are you? And so this is a lesson, I think, for my listeners and my patients. Yeah. In 2010... Uh, President Obama passed Obamacare. Mm-hmm. And part of that was the HIPAA laws about privacy. Yes. Okay. And what does privacy mean? Is that they don't want people to find out about your health care. Right. Initially, we weren't allowed to call people's names. 
in the waiting room. Right. You had to give him a number, number six, and that became ridiculous. You know, and, and, and originally we were supposed to have booths in the waiting room where people couldn't see who was in the other booth. Oh. It was ridiculous. They stopped all that in the mess. We couldn't have fax machines. What if somebody sees the fax that has a patient's name on it? Well, one of the things was back in 2010, remember most people had landlines and they had answering machines right. that would blare out what people were saying. So what Obama's people were afraid of is that some test result would be blared out and would you know, endanger your privacy. So they made a law. Right. Until you sign permission, new physicians, new pharmacies, new people can't mm-hmm. leave a message. Okay, so all my patients were missing their appointments because the new doctors would call and they wouldn't answer and they couldn't leave a message. So recommendation. Yes. Answer all your phone calls. Okay. And hang up on those uh, people who you don't want to talk to. The car, the car insurance, especially if you're waiting for a new appointment. All right. That's Heart Health Radio for this week. I know it's amazing. Show's done. Thanks a lot for listening. Heart Health Radio is for information purposes only. Before taking any action, consult your doctor.